Hey there, Chase Urich with the FS Nation podcast coming to you with episode number two here. Uh, the last one we did was a lot of fun, and as promised, I'm getting all my rowdy friends around uh, for these podcasts. Uh, very fortunate and thankful to have the opportunity to work with uh, some amazing people, and then also thankful for them to be able to take some time to spend with me uh, in hopes to turn around and provide some content and some information that'll help you, the agent, out in the field, uh, regardless of your affiliation, regardless of who you're working with. Uh, we do this because it's fun and it's a great way to kind of give back into the business. Um, so we're very, very excited today uh, to have uh, a gentleman. If you visited our FS uh, YouTube channel, if you go to uh, FS Nation on YouTube, you may be finding this podcast there. You'll find a podcast, I don't know, about 40, 50 episodes that uh, our guest today and myself did back uh, not too long ago. We had a lot of fun doing those. And uh, so we're going to try and keep that uh, that band of brothers together and uh, keep bringing you guys some really good content. But Cole McCoy, my brethren from uh, the In the Trenches podcast that we did for a few years, I got Cole plugged in today, owner, president of DCM Financial. If you're on social media, if you're in some of those insurance Facebook groups, you probably see Cole out there uh, dropping some knowledge and helping people out, uh, always giving away good content, good words of wisdom from his perspective. And so uh, excited to have you on today with us, buddy. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. So we're just going to kind of dive into it today, guys. Uh, like we did last week, we had Holden Hassel on and Holden will elaborate. Uh, we joked about that at the beginning of the call. Holden loves to talk, which is why he was a great guest and we'll have him back on sooner than later. But uh, Cole McCoy, along with our other guests you're going to see on here, very knowledgeable. Number one, credibility. Uh, they have credibility. They were out in the field. They've done it at a high level as a personal producer. Uh, a lot of them have moved into more of an agency management role where uh, they own their own agencies. They're now mentoring training agents on how to be successful. So we want to kind of really partition out some really good nuggets and give those to you out in the audience uh, to hopefully be able to you know help you in your business uh, every single day. And, and today, uh, I thought it was a good topic for us to kind of go over again as Cole was one of our featured speakers at our sales conference a few weeks ago and really just kind of brought the house down, topic, really talking on a topic about you know, why do agents fail? You know, what are the obstacles that they face? We love talking about all of the fun, pretty topics of how much money you can make, how big of an opportunity you have. Those are great topics to talk about, but we like to talk about real topics as well and, and really help you alleviate some of those obstacles that will hopefully prevent you from failing out of the business. So if you're somebody who's struggling right now, somebody who's maybe just not going down that path of success as quickly as you would like, um, highly recommend you take some notes on this particular podcast. So, uh, Cole, you did a great job at the conference, as I mentioned, talking about, you know, how to overcome uh, those obstacles that are essentially going to lead for a lot of agents to fail out of the business. Start off today with, first and foremost, when you talked about this at the event, you started off with our clientele. And you've always been somebody extremely respectful. I've been in the house with you. We've been out riding together, which was always fun. Had some great days there. But you mentioned you started off with our clientele being one of those op obstacles. Elaborate for us a little bit. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, and, and I just want to share, too, um, you know, our industry has a, a super high fail rate. And this is so important to talk about because – you know, yeah, some people fail because the setup that they get into maybe isn't great. You know, maybe, um, you know, they have to they have to market without leads. You know, maybe 
Uh, they don't own their book of business. Maybe they're on super low commission. You know, um, system is a big deal. But once you get past that, a lot of agents fail um, because of all the reasons that we're going to talk about. And, you know, I think our fail out rate within a year or two years is 90 something percent. Um, that number is way too high. And so, you know, I just my my hopes when I'm talking to people just to be transparent in every interaction I have um, to help make make the industry a little better. And whether somebody works with me or not, I mean, selfishly, that's what I do. And, and that's you know, I am growing and building a, a business, but um, we all win when we all get better and it creates competition and it creates the ability for us to, to win. And, you know, if we find something better, we find an agent did a better job than we did or uh, a policy that that's way better than what I had have in my bag or what I sold that client. Hopefully that should spur me on to get better and to grow and to look at those obstacles, not as the reason why we failed, but as the opportunity instead as to how I got better, what I needed to learn to go and win, you know? So I just, I have to say that before I talk about any of this, just just because, you know, with the right mindset and looking at obstacles, uh, that's not the reason that you should fail. That should be the opportunity that you learned what you needed to learn and to go and succeed and have success. But what happens is, and we're going to talk about all these obstacles, is that agents hit that and they use that as the excuse. You know, our friend, uh, Mr. Bowman, who I hope you have on at some point, is famous for saying you can make excuses or you can make results. You know, I can hear it in his hillbilly accent right now. And um, we just take that mantra and we go. And um, if you're in a good system that gives you the right things, these these things are not uh, these obstacles should not be an excuse. They should be the reason you got better to move forward and to go out and make the money that you want to make and more. Um, but we're not going to shy away from the hard stuff. And I love talking about the hard stuff because I want people getting into the industry knowing exactly what it takes what they have to do, what they have to learn and how they move forward and go and be killers. The killers didn't didn't make it easy in this business. They grinded a lot. They heard no more than everybody. And that's so important to talk about. So, Chase, I know I just went off topic a little bit. If you want to get me no. back on here, you're going to get me fired up here, man. No, you're perfect. I love it. I've got a room full of some new agents, newly licensed agents right now in our office that are going through training and what you just touched on is, is exactly how we opened it up. Yes, opportunity is great. Uh, but, you know, as you mentioned, and we talked about on the last podcast briefly was they say 92% of the people that get into this business are going to fail out. And we're going to try and the purpose of this podcast is going to hopefully try and, you know, give you some tips and tricks that you can implement into your business where that is met. It really it's, it's mitigated as much as possible. And so listening to top performers um, I, you know, we like to call you guys rainmakers that are making these things happen on a consistent basis. I, I'm, I'm fired up about it. So I'm mm -hmm. glad that you're juiced up. I'm glad you're, uh, you're ready to go. We were going to start off with the clientele. Understanding and knowing our clientele is important. Tell me about why they're an obstacle, possibly. I mean, these are street smart seniors, man. I mean, uh, they know the runaround. They've dealt with other insurance agents. They know how to get you to leave because it worked on the last guy. They're not waiting with a neon sign above their head that says, hey, I won't buy life insurance from you. you got to earn it. These yep. people don't owe you anything. Um, so important to talk about as you're going to see 70-year-old Miss Mary. Um, she's dealt with you before, but hopefully you're better than the last guy that showed up, overcame her objection. She's not you a good 
showing up. She throws an objection and then you overcome it and keep moving forward. It's like, oh, crap, I'm out of punches now. I guess I got to let this guy inside. But how do you earn their trust? How do you sell from their side of the table? You know, how do you get them to the finish line and help them paint the picture of, you know, what it's going to look like when they die and, and how their family is going to pay for things? You know, all these people know they need life insurance. They even kind of want it, but they're going to procrastinate. That's just the nature of our people. So who do you need to be for them to get them across the, the, the finish line? They're not just waiting with their checkbook open and, and ready to rock and roll. you got to earn it. They don't owe you a thing. Go and get it. Yeah, and, and treating them with respect is something that you've taught on over the years that I've known you. Uh, and then getting to see it firsthand was amazing. I always known you as somebody to practice what you preach and what you teach. But you treat them with respect when you're in the home. You, you almost treat them like family. Um, we've had some, some great, uh, great opportunities together where we, when we went out in the field, we, you know, made some sales and there was always a smile on their face at the end of that, that, uh, that, that meeting. And it, I always attributed it to the way you treated them. It wasn't necessarily just that they got a need covered. I'm sure they were happy about that. We know they were, but the experience that you created for them was, it always left them smiling. And I always thought that was great in the way you treat people, which is important in the house. You never wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, in and out of the house. This is just a, you know, this process where I'm looking to make money. You treated them as a family member almost, and you respected them. And that, that showed every time we went and saw somebody. I remember yeah, that. But it's important, too, to remember I was still very assertive. Yep. You know, people hear that. And, you know, I'm a big – everybody that knows me, I'm a big teddy bear. But – you, if you're assertive and and have the audacity, as Jason Horn says, I love that word, to say things you might not think you can get away with, but still be kind and respectful, you can get a lot done. Um, but all, we all want to flash forward to the end of the sale, where you know we're giving Miss Mary a hug and and you know telling her congratulations and she's super happy, but what's all the stuff we set in between there to get her to that point. And it is, it is connecting with them on a very real level and connecting with them in a way that gives you permission to be very real and transparent with them. If they're not doing something that totally makes sense, being willing to just say, Hey, Miss Mary, like, I think you're making a mistake here. You know, we're not guaranteed anything. How do we move forward to make sure that your family is protected? You know, and just being being real, uh, and it, it all just compounds from the moment that that you step out of your car to when you're giving her a hug and giving her your card and leaving, it all builds on each other. So that's huge. Yeah, and 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 I love I love the the way that you've you've taught on it over the years, but then to see it in action has been amazing. Um, I've I've personally loved to see the approach post sale with you. Um, you celebrate with them. I won't harp on that, but I'll just give you kudos for that. I love that part of it. You kind of celebrate with them. Um, let's get to the rejections. Rejection is something that we have as another obstacle in our industry. It's something that's going to be prevalent. It's going to be the, on the doorstep every day of what we do. Um, some people got into the business based off of being sold the bag of they're going to make all this money. They're going to, and they were never told and honestly given what they were going to walk into with you're going to be dealing with rejection on a daily basis, daily basis. You know, you're going to, you're going to get told no, you know, the successful ones get told no 75% of the time. And some people just can't deal with that. How do you teach with, with new agents and, and current producers to, to kind of get over the rejection? 
Yeah, the highest producers here that we're known more than everybody everybody else. They don't they're not they're not more naturally gifted. They don't have some secret sauce. They just work. They yep. go and see the people. Um, it's it's all about tricking your mind. Um, you know, when a door gets slammed on, on in your face, when when they say not interested and hang up, when you know they want to think about it and they won't they won't give out their banking information. Um, can you get better to overcome some of that stuff? Absolutely. But there's a you're not going to be good in the beginning, so you have to fix that, knowing that you're going to get a ton of rejection, and you just have to have that next man up mentality. Hey, I'm getting these no's out of the way. Stay positive. Trick your mind. Tell yourself, hey, this many no's leads to this many yeses, right? So if I need to get eight no's to get one yes, maybe you suck in the beginning, and that's fine. But are you putting work in to now instead of uh, one yes to eight no's, now you get it down to six no's. Then you get it down to five no's. Then you get to, you know, two or three no's for one yes. You can get to that point, but um, you have to be willing to go through that rejection. And rejection is very difficult, um, you know, because that's how we make money. That's how we help people. Um, I don't I don't get Technically, I don't get paid to hear the word no. I only get paid if they sign the dotted line. Um, but you have to tell yourself that should motivate you to go find that next one instead of letting it cripple you. Um, and now you're frustrated and, and getting off track. And now you're going off plan and getting all emotional. Um, activity fixes absolutely everything when it comes to rejections. Just trick your mind to say, hey, I need to hear so many no's to get a yes. Um, so you should be trying to get as many no's out of the way as possible because it will lead to a yes. And, and if you keep it that simple and then do all the other things in the midst of it, you know, uh, if you have a mentor, send them recordings of your conversations, have them help you overcome stuff, call them and put it on speakerphone. Um, over time, you're going to pick up the things that they're doing and how they're assuming uh, and, and getting inside you're going to pick up on all those items to get things across the finish line to where you don't need as much activity to get the same amount of yeses. That's the freedom our business brings, but all the top producers have heard no way more than, than the people, than the average people. They're just putting in the work. Yeah. There's something to be said for every time you hear an elite level producer, somebody who's doing it at a very, very high level. They, when you get to the rejection piece or getting told, no, it's, it's almost, I don't want to say an arrogance, but it's a confidence where it's like, that's just part of the job. That's understood. That was, how was that not explained to you originally? Did you think you were going to get in and get nothing but yeses? If so, Lord of mercy, who's your mentor? Um, it's one of those, it's just one of those things that is, is it's just part of the gig for, for all of those that, that have been doing it at a high level. So if you're somebody out there right now, I'll just say it. If you're somebody out there right now who Maybe you're early in your career and you're struggling with this. A good mentor can help walk you through the understanding. And, and Cole just did a great job. It's part of the process. It's it's just part of that that process to get to where you want to be, which is ultimately making sales. You got to get the nose out of the way. Time is money, and uh, you don't want to be wasting a ton of time, you know, harboring, you know, any uh, going through mental anguish. I guess you could say of man, I got beat up. I got told no. It's just part of the gig. Move on. I love the way you taught on that at the event. There were a lot of new people in attendance as well as uh, some amazing top producers that were just nodding their head. They were like, yeah, spot on. Like everybody will deal with that. 
at some point when they get into this business. They're going to deal with, oh my gosh, I just, I'm getting told no so much. I'm getting the rejection is killing me. Just part of the gig. Let's go to the other part that, uh, that you taught on that I thought was amazing. That kind of coincides with rejection to some extent, which is just chargebacks and cancellations. We see all the time on social media in these groups, you know, people talking about chargebacks, cancellations. How do I stop this from happening? Some good training up front will, uh, will you know, good teachings will help you uh, sidestep some of this. Part of it is just, you know, inevitable in our business. But tell us about the that, that obstacle, which are chargebacks and, and cancellations. Yeah, I mean, chargebacks happen. Um, it's part of the business. Not everybody you write is going to keep it. Um you know, some people get cold feet and they're like, man, I can't believe this guy just showed up and and I signed up with him the first time meeting him. And, you know, hopefully you're leaving behind, you know, your information and a way to get a hold of you. And then you send him a thank you card, which gives you more validity. Like, I don't know of any scams uh, that thank you for it later with a handwritten note, you know. Um, but chargebacks are 100 percent a part of this thing. Um, but it is so frustrating, you know, uh, people cancel, it happens, you know, you bought the lead, uh, you might've set the appointment, you, you drove to go see him, you gave an awesome presentation, you overcame objections, maybe you drove them to the bank to get their banking information, and then they cancel. You're like, what do I do, right? Like that's, that can be such a defeating feeling, um, and for agents that aren't doing everything else correctly, you know, if you do this the right way, you should be writing two or three deals a day that you're in the field, you know? So one is have enough activity and enough apps constantly in the queue to be paying you that one chargeback doesn't hurt you. Um, that's very important. Um, if you have where, where agents, the excuse for chargebacks the opportunity that they miss. Cause I, I like to flip all of this on its head and say, you know, chargebacks are part of this. It keeps the bad agents out of the business that aren't writing things the right way. Um, but it should be motivation to get better. Am I using true social security billing? Am I selling the right size premiums? If they cancel, am I going to get back in front of them to find out what happened? They might've had another agent stop by and lie to them. Right. Um, you know, did I, what do I need to learn and what opportunity is there for me to get better to prevent these from happening? And hopefully you have metrics to see what your chargeback percentage is, you know, and then how long these people keep these policies and you can really, because your numbers are the numbers, they don't lie. Um, so it's so important to look at that as an opportunity to get better, to make sure that you're doing things the right way. And then also, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later or not, Chase, but if you have money in the bank and you're not, desperate on one sale to pay a bill. Um, if you're stacking your cash well and you, you have a budget, you only got to be disciplined for a little while, but chargebacks can't hurt you. You know, if you need today's sale to pay tomorrow's bills, you're in trouble. And that's a very difficult place to be. And I've been there as an agent and a lot of agents start the business that way. Stack your cash as fast as humanly possible. Live as simply as possible. Don't go out a bunch of bills let some money sit in there because there is chargebacks. And usually it's not one like steady every week. Usually, you know, you might not have any, any chargebacks for, for three or four weeks and you get four, you know, all hit you at once. And that's a yep. big chunk. 
right? Well, what happens is we now are desperate because we have to have income and we spend all our money on, on what we did before. And so it just stacks up. And now we're, we're selling with commission breath. Um, you know, we're, we might be writing bad business to, to cover that just to get through it and, and get a paycheck. But if your money's in the right place, you can always now be in the right mindset to help Miss Mary. So that's an opportunity for you to get organized and get better. Yeah. And you touched on where I want to go next, which it, but before we do money management, I mean, there's a lot of groups out there that do a really good job teaching money management. And then there's some that will barely teach you how to get out and sell effectively. And they don't teach you anything about money management. And when you think about it as a new person coming in, it seems intrusive, you know, for the inexperienced. Like, why talk about my money, my budgeting? It is absolutely critical for an agent. You have gone from whatever your background was before, whether you were W-2, you were whatever, brand new to the business you're getting into a completely new space as an independent contractor. You are a business owner. You are an entrepreneur. It it is a must to talk about money management and what the new group that we have in. And in the past, we've, we've really preached the money management piece. And you miss, you fantastic over the years uh, with the teachings on money management. It is a pillar in his training as well as ours. You have to teach money management. You have to be proficient at it. If not, like you said, if you have a charge back here and you just stop writing this company and you're going to go sell with another company that has fresh balances, you're putting yourself in a predicament instead of just killing off the, the issue at hand. But then the money management piece of, you know, if you go out, don't buy that new car just because you started making more money than you've ever made in the past. Pack wrap that money away, build up that 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 nice, uh, I don't want to say, uh, you know, back end because that's going to be confused with residuals, but build up that slush fund that you have there and then grow that thing. Have a, have a number in mind. Number one, do I want it to be 10,000 first? Do I want it to be 20? Go after that mark and provide yourself some cushion. I don't want to steal any of the thunder from you because you've taught on money management beautifully as well. It's budgeting. It's how much you pay yourself. Let's talk about money management because that is so paramount to agents that are looking to be long-term in this. Yeah. I mean, again, just going back a little bit to what I said, like you only have to sacrifice for a short while, but in the beginning, you know, well, just from the very, very get go, money is the reason why a lot of people don't get into the business, but it should never be the reason why you fail. But we see it every day where chargebacks eat somebody up, um, especially in telesales. I'm just being real. (laughs) I uh, hope I didn't step on too many toes, but no. it is what it is. And these people want to get up, but now they have vectors with insurance companies and they can't. Yep. Right. Um, but you only have to be disciplined for a short time and build your cash flow because now you're learning new habits. The opportunity is for you to get better with your money to now it becomes a habit going forward to where you're always putting yourself in a position to win. Um, true freedom is is not having to worry how your bills are going to be paid for for stack up three months and then six months and then a year. And then, you know, whatever that is, now you might be able to negotiate yourself with yourself a raise. You know, maybe you do need a new car. Well, tires go out and transmissions blow and you need new brakes and um, accidents happen. Hail happens, whatever it is. If you have money in the bank, that's not going to ruin you. But when you get, what happens is you don't stack it properly. And now you get uh, in this desperation mode and it just destroys people. So that that's, again, 
figure that out as quickly as you can. Cause that's the reason I almost failed out my, my first couple of years. Um, I never learned how to deal with money. Money is not everything, you know, it's a tool to buy freedom. Um, and it's why we're all in the business. We're all shooting for freedom, but you have to learn that money is a tool. You know, if you worship money, you know, and the status that it brings and the possessions that you can buy with money, you're going down a bad road. Um, if you're using it as a tool to buy freedom, it doesn't mean you can't have nice things, but be willing to sacrifice for a little bit. And if you can sacrifice a little bit now, you can live like nobody else later. But too many people spend, 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 and then it, it, it totally destroys their business. Yeah, there's too many people that we see come into the business and then they're right on the way out, right after you've seen them post the new car, the new this, or I'm on this jet, I'm and then they're just, they're gone. You're like, what happened? Oh, they just fell out of the business. And it comes down to money management. You know, you you just, you hit the nail on the head just a minute ago. It's, it, yes, you can make a great living in this business. That living needs to be reinvested back into your business so it can be continuous. If you're if you're doing things to where you're spending it right as it comes in and it's not being reinvested back in your business or saved, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in harm's way very eloquently put a moment ago. You know, if you think about yourself as a storefront owner and your business brings in a million dollars, but you're blowing 700,000 of it, what do you have to reinvest back into your product that you need to have on the shelves? You know, there's peaks and valleys in this business. I've heard you talk about it and some amazing people talk about it. There are going to be tough times in this business, even when you're successful. If you're blowing the cash, you're going to put yourself in quite a predicament because you're going to need those new tires. You're going to need, you know, to go do a blitz week. You're going to need to travel. You're, there's going to be benefits of the business that are going to slow you down from productivity. Have that money packed away. And then when you do it big enough and bad enough, then you can you can see some of the flexibility, like you said. But I, I absolutely love the part where you talked about it's about the freedom. And you can take that freedom away if you're not diligent with how you budget and how you plan. That's something I've always loved hearing you guys talk about and teach on when we're talking to agents uh, here internally. It's always been a lot of fun. You know, one thing that a lot of agents will talk about as we pivot, agents will talk about getting into the business. They got sold a bag of goods in terms of how amazing it can be, what a huge opportunity it is, which it is, but they weren't really taught necessarily how to get up and running, how to get started. So they kind of feel overwhelmed. They feel like there's too many moving parts. I mean, think about how tough it is. I got a few people in this room over here, newly licensed. I mean, they busted their butt just to go past that test. How many moving parts there are when you first get going, how much there is to learn. That is an obstacle a lot of times for a lot of people. And I love the way you explained it in the, in, at the conference, man. Break it down. Yeah, I mean, um, in the beginning of anything new, but especially in the insurance business, it feels like you're drinking water from a fire hose. Yep. Um, there's just so much that you can learn. Um, so the biggest thing is, one, find a mentor that can help you prioritize what you need to do right now to help you make money quickly. But then over time, you want to compress time. So in the beginning, in the learning curve, you can't just dip your toe in the water. you got to go all in. Um, the quicker you can get to that learning curve, you know, if you're willing to compress time and put six months of work into two months, now you have it down to where you can breathe a little bit. But if you just get a little bit better, 
several points throughout the day, you know, um, that makes a big difference. You know, if you can name all the Netflix shows that you're watching um, and you're a struggling agent, what are we doing? Right. Yep. Um, Netflix is always going to be there. Those shows are always going to be there, but you have a finite amount of time to go and make this happen to support your career. or You're going to have to go get a job somewhere. Um, and so the biggest thing that I can tell you, the opportunity is learn what a grind looks like. Cause if you can, if you can learn like grinding is not just going with like a chicken with my head cut off and just working for the sake of working. It's going forward with a purpose and laying out a daily activity plan. Here's what is getting knocked out today. Here's my priorities. Here's what I need to learn to go and make money. There's always going to be a bucket of stuff that I know I need to, to master, but you can prioritize those and just pick a drop out of that bucket throughout the day and learn that thing while you're going and making money. And if you have that 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 mindset now and that system. We were right at that 30 minute mark. I was figuring. Uh... So um, if you have that mindset down in that system, um, you can get through that learning curve quickly, but so many agents get a license and don't do anything with it because they just don't really get off the ground or they just get some contracts and try to talk to family and friends and sell them a few policies, but they don't really have success. Um, it's ideal to have a system that takes you step by step by step, you know, to build and it's building blocks onto each other, but you still have to put in the work. The opportunity is to learn uh, how to get through a learning curve because there's always going to be that next thing you need to learn. You know, you might want to learn Medicare after you do final expense. You might want to learn annuities. You know, you might want to learn other products. You might want to learn how to how to recruit. You might want to learn, you know, how to invest your money. There's a learning curve to all of these things. Um, and if there's a if there's a weakness in your game right now, and you have time allotted for all this stuff that doesn't make you any money. Um, you're probably going to fail. You want to take your weaknesses and turn them into your strengths. That's what separates top producers and top leaders in our industry is that they're willing to confront their issues. They're not hiding from them. They're willing to confront the things that are hard. And over time, you wear those things out in, in those pathways in your mind. And now it becomes easier. Now it becomes second nature. Now it's not extra effort to learn how it goes and you can pick up the next thing. Um, if you're not in that place in our industry, um, odds are you probably won't make it very long. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to be a slave to work, but you do have to get to that learning curve. So whatever that looks like for you, get really good at prioritizing, get really good at taking advantage of moments where you have the time to, to learn it while you're still making money and every day just get a little bit better. And the increase long-term is, is substantial. I've just noticed with like people like yourself without sacrificing the family time, cause I know that that is paramount to you. There's a common trend with those that are successful. They are obsessed about their business. And you just said something a moment ago that I think is very important for everybody listening in right now. Like, even if you start to get good at your, say, final expense sales, if final expense is your market and you become really good at it, that doesn't mean we're done. Like there's more to do. There's other products that you have in your arsenal, hopefully, that you haven't mastered yet. Do you really know everything about everything in your particular field? 
And then also it's time to level up. If you're a final expense agent, have you been introduced to Medicare yet? Peanut butter and jelly, same client, residual income compared to top end uh, and front end. Like there's so much left to do right when you level up and you're starting to do well, you're finding success, your money management's on point. You know, you're not getting the objections and, and rebuttals aren't weighing you down. You're just, you're, you're, you're smoothly proceeding forward. That's the next time to jump in and sink your teeth into something else that's going to take your business to another level. That is a common attribute with every single successful person I've ever met. Like, for example, I'll tell, you know, we've mentioned him a couple of times here and he's probably going to grin ear to ear. He's going to love the ego stroke. But Ben Bowman, like there's a story about Benny that I, I, I tell to people all the time. When you think you've made it, that just means there's more work to do. And the story about Ben that comes to mind is when I first met Ben, he already had a successful agency. They were already doing very well. Uh, and before we, we got him over with us and partnered up, like he was doing well. He was, he was a successful guy, self-made, has a great story. But that guy, my point is, would sit at his desk, at his house, from the moment he got up till the moment the sun went down, it was work. It was business. He was learning who took what health-wise. He was learning where they compared rate-wise, how they drafted, how they built. He was learning everything. And he was the same guy when we partnered up with him. He's the same guy to this day. Um, there's something to that. And, and I can speak on that to, to you, to Holden, to these others. Like it, it's never ending. It's always continuous. It, you have to embrace that. It's That's part of the entrepreneurial spirit of, man, I'm always going to be looking for the next way to improve my business. And it's just, it's never ending. You have to be obsessed with it in a healthy way, not in a negative way, a healthy way. And I always love that when you guys talk about and we're having these leadership conversations, you can see it come out. It resonates in each and every one of you. And then you share it with the agents that you work with. Just love it. Love what you do and just continue to be a sponge. Soak it up. Plug into the morning calls. You know, ask for help. Use the hotline. All of these tools Just soak up the knowledge. And then on your own spare time, instead of being on Netflix, you know, do you know the, uh, the new American Home Life app? Hey, do you know this new product? All these things at your disposal become well-versed in them to, to make sure that they're utilized in your arsenal. I absolutely love that about you guys. And it's something that kind of goes unspoken, but then you touched on also non-revenue generating distractions. Like that's a learning curve in itself for a lot of people. I mean, I know you touched on it briefly, but you've seen that that's an agent killer right there in itself. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, here's what happens. And it's not like people go out into the field expecting like holes in their day and they get caught up in stuff that doesn't make them money, but agents go out without a plan. And when you go out without a plan, you're riding high on your emotions. Um, so if you make a sale, you're motivated to go get another one. You hit a couple doors and it doesn't go very well. Maybe they cuss you out. Maybe they slam the door in your face. You know, um, maybe it's a slam dunk case and they don't close. Now you get mad. And you yep. get frustrated and you get in your feelings and you go sit at the gas station and you play Candy Crush on your phone. Maybe you call and, and pay a couple bills that you forgot about. You know, maybe you stop at the grocery store for your wife. You know, you find every other thing you could do to feel productive, but none of that makes you any money. You're not getting paid for just sitting, being out working, but not selling. 
um, that's a blessing and the curse of our business. It's a blessing because no one can do what, what I'm able to make, but it's a curse that, you know, I'm not just getting paid to punch a clock and go. And so I see it all the time where something frustrating happens. Um, and then we, we get emotional about it. The trick to this and the opportunity is one for you to get very organized and have a daily schedule from the moment that you wake up to the moment that even I would encourage you to do it till you go to bed because now you're very intentional with your time, right? So every hour or half hour should be marked off with, if you're in the field, um, you put your appointments in first and then in between you're putting two door knocks on every hour and you, you have, you know, tell yourself, I have to check all of these off in order to finish my day. Or maybe you, but like, like, let's say you're running behind because you did a couple of replacements on a husband and wife and you missed some of those door knocks. That's fine. Right. That's revenue generating. But fill up those holes to where you can't you don't think about it. You just go to that next one. And now, uh, a, no matter what happened, good or bad, uh, I can't I can't dwell on that because I have the next place to go. And if you're willing to, to trick your mind to do that by the, by the end of the day, you'll have more activity in a day than you used to have in three. And that's so important, especially for new agents, because it is very frustrating. All this op all, all the obstacles we talked about, this is a big part of how you turn that into an opportunity is, is to be very intentional, take emotions out of the equation. Know you're going to suck in the beginning, but you can overcome that by activity and just getting a little bit better. Um, but these non-revenue generating distractions, again, that's a that's a big thing that pushes people out. Um, and it just takes, you know, your first couple times, your first week or so, have a mentor to help you organize your day. Um, and even put in stuff that doesn't generate you revenue, but but do that outside of, of revenue generating hours where you know you can see clients. And if you're very intentional about it, um, you don't miss things. You know, you, you now become structured and, and it becomes habitual and those habits create income. I love when you talked about the plan uh, part of it, the, having a plan and, and particular objectives for that day can help you be distracted away from the distractions, the non-revenue generating ones. And I love that because like, I mean, even Tiger Woods, you think about golf, like the goat himself, he, he had those particular plans each round, every single round, no three putts, no bogeys on par fives, no blow ups on easy up and downs. You know, if it's an easy up and down, I need to get up and down, no doubles. And then no bogeys if I'm inside 150 yards. And I mean, you think about how meticulous he is. That's part of what made him great. He was focused, not necessarily on the grand scheme of things, but it was these five keys I want to follow today. And if I will, they'll lead me to where I want to go, which is ultimately winning a tournament, you know, and then, you know, on down the road. I love that part. Focus on number one, have a plan for that day, follow that plan and it'll kill off the, you giving yourself the opportunity to be distracted. I love that. Yeah. And it sounds so simple. Like you're seriously telling me to make a planner, dude, like nobody does it. Or a lot of, a lot of people don't do it. Yep. And it's something that's so simple. And like people are, some people are like, yeah, he's right. Some people are like, dude, this guy's dumb. Like, why would, why are you giving this advice? Right. But it's, it's so real when you have that in front of you and you look at that and say, 
I have to do these things. Yep. Um, and now, but it also holds you accountable because if you're going through that list and being transparent with yourself and you're not getting a lot of stuff done, you know, it really shines a light on where you're at. There's nobody to hold you accountable. I mean, if you have a good mentor, they'll hold you accountable, but the best person to hold you accountable is yourself. And when, to your point, if you look down that list at the end of the day and you got two out of the six items that you were supposed to have done, done, like you're going to, you're going to be like, man, I didn't, I really didn't do what I was supposed to do here. So uh, I love it. Uh, I love the, uh, the information and just the knowledge that you shared today. Um, We're going to, we're going to go ahead and end today, but I will throw this out there to you, Cole. How can someone get a hold of you? If they like what they heard today, how do they get a hold of Cole McCoy if they'd like to talk to you? Uh, yeah, you can go to my website. It's finalexpenseservices.com forward slash Cole. Uh, that'll that'll get you directly to me. Um, and I'm on I'm on social. Uh, so those are probably the easiest ways to, to get me. But finalexpenseservices.com forward slash Cole would be the best way to get in touch with me. Awesome. You can find them on Facebook, always helping somebody out in the groups. Whenever there's a question asked, typically one of the first ones responding, always giving of his time. And then FS Nation, if uh, you want to visit out FS Nation, you can go to FSNation.com. Um, there's uh, content there. You'll see the podcast on YouTube, FS Nation on YouTube as well. And uh, Cole, appreciate you as always, buddy, jumping on, spending some time. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it again sooner than later. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the EFES podcast. For more, visit EFESNation.com and subscribe to the podcast catalog on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.